Yep, it's another episode. I'm joined today with a some person. Yes. 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 We uh, keep it anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) We get pretty personal. Talk about personal situations, current situations, past situations, how past situations affect current situations. Pretty... A little mixy. Yeah, pretty much a little mixy. Um, we get into we talk a bit about how our parents have affected us and how our influencers have affected us growing up and some of the traits we've repeated, some of the traits we we are aware of, uh, being aware that there aren't some. Um, pretty interesting, if you ask me. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> In coping mechanisms. All right, and then bad coping mechanisms. Mm-mm. I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you think about it, it's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, this is more of episode talk, but yeah, I'm. It, it's funny because I'm trying to figure out like what all of my coping mechanisms are because I know of some, but I know of a lot that do have an effect that I see the effect of but I still don't know what like what that coping mechanism is and, it, it and that's a, in the surprise that's in like the little cake that you get to cut open and realize what it is mm-hmm. or like a it's like a reveal party or when you go I know that's crazy but like in my head like I just compared to stuff like it's like a reveal party when I go to the therapist like yeah it's like it's a bad coping mechanism that you need to drop or it's a good coping mechanism you need to keep exactly like, and it's, I don't know. I, I think it's wonderful. Now, I will say, <laughs> I've said um, when I leave therapy, I already know that I'm not I'm not going to be happy. And that's how I know that my therapy was done correct. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, yeah, I'm ready for people to, I'm ready for people. I'm ready for this lady to tell me that I'm wrong. Because it's, well, yeah. Oh, okay, well, you shouldn't be ready for her to tell you that you're wrong about everything. You should be ready for her to give you insightful um, advice on what you did, if it's harmful, um, what about it was harmful, and how what you're thinking was that happened to lead you to that situation that you got. Into. I'm sorry. I just want to go to therapy and get read to filth. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I got you. But, yep, interesting episode. Um, Stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the Snail of the Tales. Snail of the Tales. Alright. So, yeah, you come come from two different families. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very different. Yes. How different? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I would say in the fact that it was both toxic and traumatizing to a certain degree. Um... But it was also, it also had its, like, when one benefit would go with this one, it wasn't there with the other one. So it kind of, like, shifted benefits to a certain degree. So, like, one house, I was definitely financially stable. Um, I had more of a family structure. And um, I had people who I felt that I would be close with. And then on this side, I had... Like, you know, they truly, genuinely loved me. Like, they cared about me. Um, we had fun. We had giggles. Like, it was a fun house. Like, um, because the other one was definitely more strict. Mm. Um, but still, it came with, like, the toxic, 
like parenting thing like it always kind of seems to be the same for me for some reason because like with them it was like they were young themselves Mm -hmm. so like you're trying to raise somebody and you barely have raised yourself at that point so like how well do you think it's gonna go and um you have no experience in this stuff you're still a child exploring things messing up making mistakes are you uh you're speaking on um blood right yeah i'm speaking on blood okay um and like because especially just happening from the traumatic event that just went on beforehand of losing somebody and you know now you got to jump into this and now you got to take care of people like I give them props for all of that because that really truly is hard. Like I I can't even imagine being in that situation and barely being out of high school, barely being out of high school, like just graduated. So like they were truly young. Like the oldest one was 21. Like they, damn, I'm sitting here 21. Like I could, I couldn't take that. Yeah, exactly. Like we're like, you know, and I'm truly blessed that they did do that for me. And I, I do, I am grateful for them. I will always be grateful for them. But they did not know how to handle emotions at all. So besides, you, like, love and anger. And you say, like, they did the best that they could, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they did the best that they could. And the thing, the thing is, that's why I'm like, when it comes to parents and tox- being, being a toxic parent, like, mm-hmm. I say that like I'm one and not know anything about being a parent but it's like <laughs> understanding that you know there is two sides of it mm. there's your feelings but then there's also they may not know better or they probably weren't learned they they weren't taught a different way of exactly. handling certain things exactly because yeah. they're so, like yeah they're young and they have this only influence yeah. and and especially if they didn't even get all of the influence they only got some and then had to develop the rest on their own it's like you know, it's not gonna be easy. Exactly, and then, you know, speaking on, you know, my mom, mm-hmm. she, she had her first kid at nineteen. Damn. Yeah, my grandma had her for had my mom at seventeen. Yeah. Oh and see, it was it was the South, like. Yeah, I mean that's I'm I, I don't know what it is about the South, but yeah, they be birthing young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. <laughs> for real, and I won't lie, I thought recently that kind of stopped, but some kids who were a grade below me in middle school mm-hmm. they were having kids a couple of years ago like two two of them and i'm like what the fuck uh, <laughs> like i'm get it you know i'm happy that you guys are going on with your lives and everything but i'm sitting here i'm 18 years old not knowing what the fuck is happening i know i'm not ready to be no parent right yeah like and for them to be getting in that situation it must right. be scary like and- and then on top of that now they have help so you know when it comes to when it comes to certain things Mm -hmm. they like their kid when it comes to like emotional things Mm -hmm. they have that help so i feel like their kid may not be affected that much Mm -hmm. at least they have money help i don't know how their situation is emotionally yeah um but with a lot of parents they have kids at young age they don't have that support and you know they get sent off into the world to raise these kids while they're still developing on their own and they have to figure out how to be an adult when yesterday they were just at their parents house and they got kicked out because they got a baby on the way type shit it's babies raising babies mm-hmm. and that's where that toxic parenting comes in because if you're if you're you know yeah so if you're young like say if i had a kid at 17 mm-hmm. 
and I'm sitting there raising the kid and I don't have, I'm not getting any more emotional maturity or I'm not trying to mature more. Everything else stops because this baby comes. Mm. When I'm, you know, 20 years from now, mm -hmm. who's to say I won't still be in that same mentality? When that kid turns 18 and mm. you spent 18 years raising that kid, working for that kid, making sure that that kid is okay, mm -hmm. and you put all of your growth on pause, when you finally press play again, you know, you're going to still be that same person. Exactly. And you got to think about it. You know, that's when you can finally look at yourself when you're not raising kids and you're like, oh, and then you tie that into, you tie that into raising them and mm -hmm. you realize, you know, the way I raised them probably wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Meaning like, you know, some of our parents don't have that emotional maturity. And so when it comes to handling things, when we grow up, mm -hmm. they're not being handled properly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that makes sense. I feel like, well, okay. So. I think talk like I think that big be, being a teen parent can lead to toxic parenting. I mean, obviously, we know that's not the only way that can lead it to like toxic parenting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like it also like it depends on the person almost to like not even almost like it does because you know there are like I remember seeing this one video and um, this girl was like explaining to her mother that she like got into college and the mother just started broke down crying was so happy for her and stuff like that and i was like that's so beautiful and like it was a, it was a single mom and stuff like that so it's like you see these other people who like are able to i wouldn't say like you know she's like her and her mother are obviously best friends so like her mother is still like childlike but i don't think she's like you know she's probably not like that um like that childish petty type like but like you know like friendly fun like still youthful yeah um that's my mom yeah and it's it's weird because it's like you see people like that and then you see these people and it's like where was the break off like what elaborate like, these people as in like people who like are teen parents well okay yeah people who are teen parents and then they grow up and then like they basically are teaching their child the wrong way they're like abusing them like you know they they just now, basically yeah. yeah toxic parents and that's i I do look at it as a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. um, okay, that, yeah, that yeah. Would, that would explain it. Yeah, because it's like we we're gonna, for the most part, we're gonna do what our parents taught us. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we don't make that connection that our parents didn't teach us some of the right things, and mm -hmm. so we still do the wrong things in life. Um, and I, I say that from experience. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know if I if me making that connection with myself mm -hmm. you know i'm like there can't i know i'm not the only one so mm -hmm. I, I use my mom as an example i don't know how my grandma was when it comes to raising her mm -hmm. um recently she's told me a little bit more and it kind of seems like how i feel the family sees me mm -hmm. is the same for her um oh yeah um now she did she always used to say you know y'all have it way better than i do you know this and that and it's like okay yeah but it's like we don't it's, know any better yeah i was gonna say like it's still it's okay yes obviously there are situations where like one thing may be worse than the other but it's still there's still a child that's still not okay for you to go through yeah if it's not okay it's not okay regardless if one thing is worse than the other yeah. it's still not okay and i will and i will say though like sometimes because of, with my mom mm -hmm. and then with me, I have to 
find the words to really express what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And with my mom, we think we are a lot alike mm -hmm. with how we act. So, and how we react to things. Mm -hmm. um, so of course, you know, I have to be more selective with the words I use with my mom. Mm -hmm. And as I'm tuning it right, you know, I'm finding that when we have conversations about our my childhood, mm -hmm. um, it's like she can, it's like she's starting to see that I'm not blaming her, mm -hmm. but I'm saying like, you know, like yellow and blue makes green. Um, it's not yellow or blue's fault that that thing is green, but you know, let's talk about green. Like, yeah. let's, let's talk about the results of what happened growing up and mm -hmm. growing up is yellow and blue. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I think she's starting to see it that way more now. Yeah, because you're just at this point, like you trying to like basically blame her for everything. Like you're like, I know that's not going to do anything. I'm telling you like what has happened, like what it has done to me and yeah. why I am the way I am now mm -hmm. and how yeah just basically how it affected you yeah. which is fair like the fact that she's saying it that way is growth I think oh, to yeah. me at least because now she's like she's stepping outside of her perspective and it's just like okay like he's not blaming me like I shouldn't even be getting my feelings hurt there's no point he's explaining the reasons and what has happened to him like yeah. why it's affecting you and I will say, because a lot of a lot of people talk about their parents, mm -hmm. like sometimes they have to not be a parent for a little bit to kind of realize, you know, I do have to listen to this person. Like, mm -hmm. you know, with my mom, I'm her youngest, and mm -hmm. all of this is kind of recent. You know, where I kind of feel like she's starting to listen to me as an adult, mm -hmm. and until they can listen to you as an adult, I feel like kind of. Yeah, that closure. And I'm not even saying like just because we can have conversations, you know, she she apologizes and she still cries about it. And I don't like seeing her cry about it because it's like, you know, it's like one, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then two, I don't want you to feel bad. Mm -hmm. And so. It's because you, you, you just want to tell her. Right. Now, that does. And the reason why I have a problem with mm. seeing this is because I like it when people tell me something I did wrong because it triggers growth. It gives me an opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. um, with my mom, it, it just brings up more hurt for her. And I'm not a parent, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it was harder for me to understand it. But mm -hmm. when you hear what you did to your kid and that, you know, it, it would, you know, from her perspective, mm -hmm. I can completely understand it because it's not like she was like you know big mad and mean on purpose and stuff yeah. you know when she got stressed out same way as i do it you become more agitated and you you say things that you don't mean mm -hmm. and it's like you know it's also taking that into consideration but you can't you can't use that to justify anything yeah. that your parent has done it's more that's why it's like it always like it's a reason not a justification exactly like, you could always give a reason for something but you really can't justify it right. which is like which yeah no i understand that would like especially hearing what you did to your own child like yeah i feel like i would be like i would cry like i would get upset like i truly Damn. would because it's like that's my child that's my baby i gave birth to that like i worked so hard like and I still like you know fucked up like I hurt him still like yeah. you it's almost like I feel like your mom may see it as like she's repeating or doing the stuff that she was like 
forced upon her and she's like I literally told myself like I don't want to do that to my child and I did it and like I feel like that's what makes it hurt hurt even worse because you already know how it feels yeah and and like you just said like Mm -hmm. that could be a possibility Mm -hmm. and my goal when it comes to talking to her Mm -hmm. because I know she didn't do it on purpose or didn't do a lot of that stuff on purpose Mm -hmm. I kind of I more so am like I want to talk to her about it because I want to see like is this what it was like growing up for you like mm-hmm. you know it I want to have a conversation with her as a friend about it not yeah. mother the son and it's like I want to talk about our childhoods mm-hmm. as friends and mm-hmm. not as mother and son because mm-hmm. I want her to be I, she and this could be where I get it from when it comes to being no my mom's very she gets very vulnerable never mind (laughs) but um I don't know if she doesn't I I don't know if she's still in that mentality that she has to be strong for me but it's like you know I want her to be vulnerable because Mm -hmm. when you're vulnerable for me that that shows that you're strong because you allow yourself to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and yeah I just want to it you know I just want to have a conversation with her Mm -hmm. but it's like you know you don't always get closure and that's something <laughs> so i tried to get with my godmother <laughs> <laughs> so how that works exactly so I mean, yeah i mean that but that you, this is what i will say yeah like you some people they're receptive and the other people they are not mm-hmm. like you just sometimes will never get an apology out of people and it's like how do you deal with that? How do you actually, like, truly deal with that? Because I feel like I've been telling myself, like, it's okay, like, it's fine, like, you know, blase, blase, like, it's cool. I, I, I write it off because in the past, it's the past. I want to keep it in the past. Yeah. But it's almost like, how come you'll never truly know what you did and I have to live with the effects of it? And I feel like it's almost... I just it doesn't feel fair to me if I'm being honest because I have to sit up here and now think about the words you said to me how you tore me down how you um, told me all this crazy stuff that you didn't like you know like that wasn't supposed to be said and you said it to me yeah and it's like how do you it the the ugly truth of it like you know you have to accept a lot of times you won't get that closure that you want and you just have to you know sometimes like that's one scar that won't heal and you just have to learn to dress it up you know like just deal not deal with it but learn to live with it like how to live around it yeah and i and like i know it doesn't affect me on a daily basis and stuff like that but it's it's like yeah you dress up the wound and stuff like that but it's always at least to me when i'm like you know i don't like i can't like I'll stare at a person and if they truly did me wrong like if it was like awful um I'm not gonna really say exactly what but like if you like put your hands on me or something I feel like I can't like I can't unview that about you you know like it's like burned in your head yeah it's burned yeah because it was such a traumatic instance like Mm -hmm. it was just it (sighs) And that, and I feel like that—that's something that a lot of us struggle with, because it's like we deal with it, and you know it's there and it's in our heads. But it's like 
basically like you can't accept it or understand it yeah. and yeah and then sometimes you won't be you will never be able to accept it or understand it and that causes even more confusion because you're like it I don't know. It. No, yeah, I mean, because, like, if you're, when you're in a, like, yeah, like, I just, I will never understand it, and I know that, but it's still, like, it's, like, it just, I guess, just the, I guess morals are different, maybe, hmm. and even then, I don't even think it's really just morals being different, it's just where your emotions lead you, I guess. And I felt like their emotions led them to um, put their hands on me. Like, especially, like, and it wasn't oh, even... I think I get what you're saying. Kind of like, when you're feeling it, what led you to act that way? Like, why... Yeah. Why was that your course of action? Yeah, like, why did you decide to, like, you know, put so, your hands on me? Like, that's like... It, I feel like it's equivalent to, like, uh, when someone gets angry, like to start destroying their shit like you know like throwing it and like you know little like, sidebar yeah <laughs> i was um i was doing some research today and mm -hmm. my computer kept freezing every minute my wallpaper changes changed every minute so mm -hmm. it would freeze because the colors change i turned it off but <laughs> it kept happening and i felt myself getting enraged i gripped the mouse because i was about to throw it and i'm like cj like breathe and it is that emotional control right there mm -hmm. like some people don't have it some people have it and some people have a little bit of it and you know i feel like that you know that all it parallels because it's yeah. like when it comes to i'm feeling this way how am i going to react and then you know they put your they put their hands on you it's there's again that emotional control you kind of see what you kind of it's like emotional control along with intuition so you know what you're feeling and you know how you normally react and so it's catching yourself before you actually do it or being aware of what you're doing as you're doing it like when mm -hmm. i grip that mouse i realized i'm about to throw this thing let me stop mm -hmm. so if it's like reaching out a hand or about to do this mm -hmm. it's doing that and saying what am i doing like catching yourself yeah. in that moment and it's like you know at that with it's like you, everyone's at a different stage you know with that like you can have five people who are 21 five people who are 21 but everyone's going to be in a different stage so you might have that one person who is like just on fire on the inside but who's just sitting there just like yeah man and then you have that one person who's letting it all show and they're mm. breaking everything and then those two three people you have in the middle are the different variants of it so mm. you have you know, you'll have somebody who isn't showing it on their face, but when they talk, you hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, you have someone who has, you know, it's like they're expressing it enough, and then you can also just see it enough. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it just gradually goes from there. Um, and I feel like that kind of may be where that comes from. Like, you know, when they were like, I'm going to put my hands on them. Mm -hmm. In that moment, they didn't have that catch up where it was like, this isn't the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. Or what am I doing? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't there, if that makes it, sense. Yeah, it was, yeah, basically lacking. Like, it just wasn't. Is that your conscience? Huh. Huh. <laughs> 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 like, just having no conscience? That's what I'm thinking. Because um, it's like. You that... know, okay. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, wait, wait. 
I think that people who hit others under the influence, um, they're basically, um, they're letting out, when they start hitting people, I feel like they're letting out their inner self, if that makes any sense, because they don't, they wouldn't actually hit someone while they're sober, because they understand the repercussions of their consequences, but, like, when you're drunk or stuff like that, Mm -hmm. all that lowers. Like, you don't care. You're just, you're drinking, and, like, that, you know, drinking already, like, um, makes your decision-making process, like, damn near impossible, especially if you're drunk, drunk. Um, So, like, you just, like, some, I feel like if you need to, like, constantly be drunk to hit somebody, or, like, you know, that's, like, an alcoholic, just, like, all that stuff, it's you. I feel like not only are you an alcoholic, but you drink because you're trying to one get away from your guilty conscience that you already have, and go back to that one where you don't feel like you have a conscience at all. Mm-hmm. Like you just feel numb. So like to them, it's like now I can do whatever I want. I don't feel it. Yup, yup, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always heard, you know, they say the truth comes out when you're drunk, and that that does make sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hear a lot of people get violent when they're drunk, too. And it's like, man. it It's scary because it's like, that's why you have to be careful with who you are with or who you, like, you drink with. Because, like, you don't know how they get when they're drunk. Right. Like, it. Remember that time I was drunk and I was like, I might be by y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still don't know if I was serious or not. Because <laughs> now I don't think I am. Yellow exterior. Now I don't think I am. Because it's like, yeah. But I don't know. While I was drunk, Doja Cat looks sexy as fuck. Yeah, I like, mean, you can be attracted to, like, you know, like, certain people. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's not a... You could still be, like, you know, like, yeah, there's bi where you're, like, 99% attracted to men and, like, 1%, one person singularity attracted to that woman. Like, you might actually put your pee-pee in her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, like, yeah, that's not, I mean, like, that's not bad. Like, if you, how do I say this? Like, don't, um, don't kind of, don't restrict yourself. Like, I would say, like, feel what you feel. And if you're like, nah, then like, yeah, then like, nah. But if you are, then like, yeah, then yeah, try it, yeah. Like, (laughs) explore it. That's the, you know, that's the fun part about um, sexuality is that you get to explore it. Like, you get to know yourself, Mm -hmm. how you feel about things. And you know this? Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with with one of my um, old coworkers a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And... You know, he was telling me that he was curious, and he was like, but I wouldn't want to get in this situation and realize I don't like it halfway through. And I'm like, oh, exactly, exactly. That's true. And the thing is, <laughs> and the thing is, and I don't know if this is what was going through his his head, but when I think about it too, I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about it too, I'm like, fuck, I don't, I think that same thing but it goes deeper for me and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I'm definitely like 100% gay mm-hmm. and I'm like so is that what goes on in his head too does he get that far or is he actually like curious to the point where he doesn't get that far and he's literally like I do not know um I know you wouldn't know yeah I was just like oh, I don't know but um like what I will say is that I feel I I feel like there needs to be like 
like you have to really think about it before you get into something like that like can you touch their genitals mm -hmm. or is it more so that you like the way they look or would you like to kiss them or hug them or touch them instead of like you know in intercourse and shit like that right like that's where it kind of comes into like all right i love their personality i love touching them i love kissing them i love cuddling them but i don't want sex with them which is fine exactly. like i feel like there's different variants to that because everyone just has like a different way of feeling that now if you're like completely straight or like completely gay like that's fine like also yeah. but like there's a lot of people who are in between like that like oh i would do that like i would try that and stuff like that yeah and and it's like with with bi people i understand that it's like they generally just you know they generally like not everything that's pan but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they just generally like the two genders and when it's like the bi curious one is what mm -hmm. gets me because it's like it's more so how curious are you like would you actually do it like how exactly like... or is it a mental curiosity I think if it's a mental curiosity, I would not engage into it until it becomes like a physical curiosity for you. Like you really want to touch, like mm -hmm. that's what you want to do. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay. yeah. Um, I think this. I think that's pretty amazing, though. And I will to add to that, though. Mm -hmm. So, it's people. You have males and females out here who aren't straight and who can't come out just because of their family and how they're gonna view it and this again this kind of tails back into toxic parenting uh -huh. um well not it's kind of sort of because it's like growing up if you if you give little hints to your kid that you don't you don't fuck with like um gay sex or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah they're gonna they're gonna grow up thinking that or when they eventually when they eventually figure out they may not be straight they're gonna go back to what you said and be like oh but i don't know mm -hmm. like you know my parents don't they they don't know what what's the word i'm looking for they don't uh, accept that yeah yeah and it's now you're now it's like a subconscious thing like you know your parents are gonna hate you because you are that way and it's like you can't tell them because you know they're gonna flip exactly and that okay first of all like if you have kids and you can't accept the way they come out don't have kids exactly like <laughs> if you're not prepared for them to be their own people if you're not prepared for them to not do what you say don't have kids yeah i was about to say because kid like take a, one most kids go through a rebellion stage my guy yeah. so like you are literally asking for them to not like they're not gonna listen to you it happens exactly um some kids don't you know that's fine but like some most kids do and it's, it's like and if it's not in their childhood mm -hmm. it will be in their adulthood because exactly. that means in their childhood they were submissive the whole time either that or and you know it is it is possible to be like maybe it is possible to raise a kid that doesn't that you will never have a problem with and yeah yeah it's possible but i'm gonna light this in a sec okay um it's possible it's definitely possible but you just never know so you gotta always be like when you're yeah that's why it's like if you can't handle your kid being disabled if you can't handle your kid being um a little lighter a little darker gay whatever mm -hmm. you can't have kids because now you're being like you just can't accept that being a thing and especially um them being born like that like there is there is nothing you could do there is absolutely nothing you could do to like 
change them. That's who they are as a person. Exactly. And you have to love that because that came out of you. Like, why would, like, you know, like, when you have kids, you have to understand that you're their love. You're their support. You're their everything. They literally depend on you. Like, they're dependent. Mm -hmm. Like, so for you, it's like having someone who you thought, like, loved you and cared about you. And, like, for your whole entire life, just shit on your entire experience. Like, shit on your life afterwards. Like, it like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I, I am so fucking grateful to have a mom and a dad who both accept me for who I am because mm-hmm. it who like with my mom that one mm-hmm. there was an incident mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I was uh you know as a kid you know we watch porn and shit right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah they found gay porn on my phone uh-huh. and this wasn't um this was my mom and the guy she was seeing at the time mm-hmm. uh, the one the one guy she was seeing all that time mm-hmm. but it was she didn't say much mm-hmm. but he basically let it known that being gay was not okay he told me that basically mm-hmm. it was a lot more graphic and uncomfortable and hurtful but that's basically <laughs> that's yeah genius. yeah <laughs> but um you know she didn't say anything she told me that she would say stuff afterward but i'm like for me if he can say this in front of me you gotta defend me in front yeah, of me yeah exactly cause it's like yeah I gotta see that you care in front of me mm-hmm. if I leave and you, you defend him then I don't know all I saw was that you he, let him yeah you, you let him berate me like that's all you saw that's that's what you're gonna develop as you grow up too that's why she mm-hmm. that's where she needs to understand like yeah you said something afterwards but he doesn't know that he's never he's not gonna grow up with that fact that you protected him he's gonna grow up with the fact of my mother let this man berate me yeah and you know again i'm older now so of course i don't hold it against her mm-hmm. and i'm i'm finding maybe this, this isn't stuff to talk to her about because mm-hmm. i don't want to hurt her feelings and i don't want her to feel like i am mm-hmm. um but it's like you know that it, it's just i mean help parents out here other parents you know i w- want them to at least listen to this and be like yeah let me be careful because it's like yeah sure we're in 2021 but we still have we still are gonna have these problems everything is just gonna continue until you fix it like yeah. basically find a solution for it like yeah and it's like maybe it, we never will that's cool though i mean people are gonna be people where there's good there's always evil so like while so a lot of people maybe maybe some people will hear this and be like okay maybe i should talk to my child and stuff like that and then some parents will be like nah these kids are stupid like no mm-hmm. i know what i'm talking about like yep <laughs> which if that's your reaction hate to tell you but uh that is that is uh right that's well, that's who you that's who we're talking about <laughs> yeah, like the, the parents denying this are the parents we're talking Thank to yeah. because it's like you like especially if those parents grew up with trauma and like Mm -hmm. especially if they were in very vulnerable situations when they were younger that made them feel uncomfortable that made them feel unhappy and then you're doing the same thing to your child just in maybe a different way or an altered way or whatever it may be you're but you're doing it to your child your child is telling you this and you're denying it because it's like nah because now I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what I'm talking about. But it's and like, it's you're like, just... You got to look at the big picture. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, look at the future and think about how your how your parent's style affected you 
and think about how your style is currently and is going to affect your kid. Especially if you haven't even, like, processed through your traumas. You just grew yes. up with it and were like, this is okay, whatever. Like, you just pushed it off. Like, that is where, like, the, the curses come from. The generational curses because y'all are literally... It's like people are just pushing their mental needs to the side, which in this society, you low-key have to even work through the day, which is crazy. That's super toxic. Look, but, I will not... I, I told you this a long time ago. I will mm -hmm. not conform to what society is because mm -hmm. I'm like, at the end of the day, my mental health comes first. I'm not yeah. going to push that shit to the side just so... I can fit into society or I can, I don't even know, like it, yeah, just so I can fit in, I'm not going to do that. I mm -hmm. have to sit and worry about myself and get my head right. Mm -hmm. And that does sound selfish, but you have, to, you have to be selfish to that degree. You do, you do. Literally, it's crazy how other, literally other countries will have where you can have multiple days off. Like it's normal to like be off for so long, but here it's not. Right. Like, it's it's almost like driving yourself insane at that point and it's like you really have to stop and be like my mental health is important if my mental health is not on top gear my i'm still you're gonna be miserable i'm sorry yeah. you're never gonna like you can push your traumas to the side all you want it's gonna come back mm -hmm. it's gonna come back it's like pushing a like that's why like yeah it's like pushing water out of the ocean like you can't yep, exactly you can't <laughs> exactly it's a g another example i was squeegeeing the floor a couple nights ago mm -hmm. and there was this one spot where you move the water more water would come and it's like that's a perfect example because it was going to continue going until you took care of everything exactly and it's like yeah you know you sat there if you you know again you scrape that one layer down mm. yeah it's clear temporarily but it's going to come back and it's like at the moment i'm not squeegeeing i'm not doing anything yeah just, you're fine but then that water comes back no i mean like i'm not squeegeeing because i'm not basically i'm not suppressing anything because uh -huh. if i do it's going to come back 10 times harder and it's going to affect me 10 times harder and oh it's like, yeah. so you're trying to resolve it instead exactly okay like while because i did push it all to the side and mm. it came back yeah so while it's back mm. i'm not pushing it off i you know it took one time for me to see okay don't push it away and you know it instead you're gonna come back with like a sucker like a like a water vacuum sucker or something mm -hmm. like that <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, oh, I had my intake with my uh counselor the other day and i speak mm -hmm. with my therapist saturday mm -hmm. but it's like yeah i'm in the store right now picking out the vacuum like, okay because <laughs> it's yeah it, it you know i you have people who have done this and who still do it and they're like 40 50 60 years old and when this shit comes back mm -hmm. how how the hell okay a good example somebody mm -hmm. who's not dealing with their stuff mm -hmm. we talked we talked about them old co-worker who, mm -hmm. who i was like it most definitely is an alcoholic oh yeah yeah <laughs> um and the reason why i say that what what was it we were talking about something so the same example mm -hmm. that i told you about where um they made a joke about their life and i didn't know if it was real but everybody went quiet because the other two knew yeah so <laughs> So they were talking about alcoholism. Mm -hmm. That same person says, it's not a problem <laughs> if you can manage it. The other two, 
<laughs> and okay, and the thing is, they were um, talking about drinking at work, and they were like, "It's not a problem if you manage it." The other two were like, <laughs> so, "Yeah, they were like, okay, okay. Yeah, like, yeah." Now again, you know, I read into things. I think I read into that one, but again, that, that's an example of some people not dealing with their stuff. And me, how I spoke, it was either. I think the first episode where I became dependent on weed for a little bit, mm-hmm. I was using it to deal with my emotions mm-hmm. instead of actually dealing with it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, alcohol is just another form of that. Oh, yeah. The most, the most definitely. Yeah. Now, like, see, the problem is mm-hmm. with the weed, it has it has negative effects inward and outward, but they're more so inward. Mm-hmm. With I feel like with alcohol and if you have a family and stuff, it, the effects are more outwardly mm-hmm. and it's like you know it's more dangerous that way because more people are affected mm-hmm. and then of course you we go to hardcore drugs yeah addicts will straight up steal from their families to yeah. get a fix <laughs> it's <sighs> yeah it's like yeah I can't you know I'm not suppressing anything now because yep. no, that no that's good because like at the end of the day um is that a teenager what in that Saturn right there yeah, that's a teenager. Okay, I'm gonna light this blunt. Um, yeah, that looks like a teen. Long hair. Don't like, care. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um. But it's it's almost like I feel like it's not just even just a squeegeeing at that point when you're trying to like when you're trying to get to that shit like when you're trying to get down to your issues and stuff it's like you have to you have to go through layers i want to say because you yourself will sit in denial about it and it's like you're you don't even realize it until you're like okay whoa 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 whoa, whoa. like you actually have to like yeah meditate and like really come to terms with like what your actions are what they're doing to people and how like you really yeah you really have to and it's hard because once again your parents deflect it so like that that's like you may have learned that behavior unconsciously while still hating them for doing that and it's it's hard it's truly hard because like you and sometimes i feel like our parents at one point were like i don't want to be like my parents but still kind of ended up like them. And I feel like it's because they didn't have their traumas resolved. That, and Mm -hmm. it's like, um, the past two decades is really when mental illness has been brought to light. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah, a lot of times... Okay, let me just push that nugget out. (laughs) A lot of times, that that is pretty much what these problems are when they're like I don't want to be like my parent yeah they probably had undiagnosed mental illnesses yeah that or they I don't know because I look I think about myself and I'm like I already know when I get my shit together Mm -hmm. you know I know I have a good heart and it's Mm -hmm. like you know I don't see I don't see how a perfectly healthy person can be a bad parent Mm -hmm. and it's like you know, basically nowadays, because every, not everyone, but more people are talking about getting therapy and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's becoming, it's like it's becoming easier for better parents to surface because they're working on their issues. And did I say normal person to be a bad parent? Like a perfectly healthy person. Yeah. So you know they get their head straights, head straights get mm-hmm. their head straight and actually become that. 
healthy person, then mm. yeah, you know, it's like, where am I getting at? I'm already feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Um, I feel like, um, um, I feel like with that being said, it that's true because I feel like now that mental health is being taken a little bit more seriously, people are realizing that mental health does have an effect on people and especially their positions in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure there's a lot of people who have gone through horrible things have not said anything about it because it was the normal not to say anything they hold it in or like maybe one other person knows their bestest friend or whoever and that's the only person that they've ever confided in mm-hmm. and um and then they grow up either a being able to uh, because some people are able to like not carry on that generational curse some people really did say this stops here with me um and then there are other people who just ignored it, and then and now it's rolling down. It's like a mudslide. Mm-hmm. Once that first, once that first, like. Okay, let me add to that. Uh-huh. So you you remember a couple months ago, I was like, if I was straight, I would most definitely be a father right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know God creates all His children. I'm like, what if? Just what if? While He was mixing the pot of me, mm-hmm. He threw in some gay in there. And it's like that kept me from continuing the curse on my end, you know? Mm-hmm. My sister, she she's better at all like this head stuff than I am. You know? oh, okay. Yeah, like she can she did she did see a therapist though, so it's like Yeah. yeah. Okay, well <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, you know, she's she she may not repeat she may not repeat what was repeated for us or mm-hmm. what we had, but I don't know of any other issues that may happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, with me, I needed that little extra, like, blockage <laughs> to, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah, to, to make sure, like, okay, well, you know, he works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, I think I was just trying to find an explanation for my homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's, like, it's, I don't know, it. I just look, I look at my, I look at me being gay as a blessing because, mm-hmm. you know, my family would tell you growing up, whenever I would play with my cars and when I play, like, I always had a family. Always. So it's, <laughs> so it's like. He was like, I'm ready. <laughs> for real, for real. Now, I think that was speaking, that was, that had a deeper meaning growing up. Like I was looking for something that I was missing. Makes sense. But it's cool. I, uh- now. When I, I told you I used to make clay figurines and it was always a dad there. So I already know I was filling in that missing dad role. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. Um but that's what I look at it. That's how I look at my homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Why do I keep whatever. I look at it as an opportunity for me to take the time and actually become to be able to be the best father, the kind of father I want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's because when I I will only be ready when I can have a kid because mm-hmm. every option is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I I don't know. People would look at, you know, some gay people might look at that and be like, oh, man. But I don't even think that. I think we all are kind of like, you know, we just have to work for it. If it's something we want, it's something oh, yeah. we're going to work for. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Like, things never really come easy half the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you gotta like like even if you have one thing easy the next thing is not gonna be easy it doesn't matter like you your life is always gonna be filled with like a balance of both so that like i mean people still could take the easy way out but like it's not not great (laughs) i got um so you know when i got this car i got it easy Uh like i didn't have to pay anything down i didn't know what the fuck i was doing trying to get an apartment i'm like it's hard as fuck like yeah (laughs) so it's like you know that's two things right there two big steps for me two big steps and i see one was too too easy and then the other is like damn they're like what godzilla like like it's (laughs) it's ridiculous no i understand that trying to oh my gosh they they want us to starve out here they want us to die that's it i'm so convinced Mm -hmm. this they do oh my gosh but the housing market oh my gosh just stuff right now crazy absolute chaos like they want me to be in an apartment for the rest of my life which is fine if people want to be in an apartment but i would like to have Naya, you're fucking 21. Why? Why are you talking about getting in? You can live in an apartment for right now. No. <laughs> Dang. Uh, oh, but wait, no. That that goes on to something more interesting, though, mm-hmm. because I know with me and you, like, you already know, I don't plan on staying in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long I'm gonna stay, but I don't plan on staying forever. Mm-hmm. And you don't have plans to leave, right? No, I do. Okay. Okay, well, never mind. So, never mind. I well, mean, it's... Go ahead. The way I see it with getting a house is... You get a house. You live in it for however long, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's always market... Markets go up, markets go down. There's going to be a bubble, and there's going to be a pop. So, if you can get a house, and it not be that expensive and then you know you say you have to live there for like five or six more years until you get an opportunity to move to like um manhattan or like um massachusetts or whatever wherever you want to go mm-hmm. and you're like okay perfect but um with that like you have to be like now you're like okay well how will i get a lot of money i need to move up there you know a house is so like especially if the market is high you can sell your house gain a couple grand off of that and use that to move mm-hmm. it's like i see myself as setting myself up for the future like what money will i need this for like okay this can be used for that okay, and That's- i'm i'm looking at it like this mm-hmm. so getting the house you know you get a mortgage and everything mm-hmm. and i don't know how that works i don't know if like while you're paying the mortgage like if you decide you want to leave and, and you're not staying in the house anymore you know what happens with that more like you have to just basically pay off that mortgage so that's why you sell the house so you sell the house and then you sell it for a little bit more if you can to gain like a personal gain from it because then you have to give like money back you have to yeah you have to give back however much you still owe on that loan okay and see now it makes sense Mm -hmm. but um it's like i don't (laughs) so my move is to get settled and for me if i get a house here or at least, yeah, like my perspective. No, because we're just sharing. Like, yeah, we don't talk about this. If I were to get a house here, I'd already feel like I'm settling down here. And then it's like... Oh, you... Yeah. You so want to be ready to just go. Exactly. So okay. by getting an apartment, everyone who has an apartment is always like, I'm ready for my house. And it's like, while I'm in that apartment, mm-hmm. get every... Get all... 
I spoke on this last episode. Get all of my demons in order mm-hmm. now, meaning every all of my ment- like my mental issues, and then get mm-hmm. all my relationships good. Mm-hmm. And when that's good, and I won't have the mental stuff that follows me there, mm-hmm. then I'll go there, and then that's when I'm like, all right, I'm settling down now. And the thing is, though, I don't plan on doing that until the second half of my twenties. Like, okay, yeah, like, you know, I kind of look at this era I guess mm-hmm. just exploring like myself and life and I don't I don't know I told you I kind of life was a game mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. but now life I look at life as a TV show and I'm kind of you know writing yeah writing the wave mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. writing oh writing yeah okay. yeah writing no I have a plan but I just don't I spoke on that last episode. I just mm-hmm. don't speak it out. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I feel like that's also. I mean, like, ever. I feel like everyone's got their own way of doing it because, yeah. um, like that's a different perspective. Perspective. Like, you just want to get up. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to leave. Like, you want to get everything in a ducks in a row. You want to get this ready, and then like after that, it's like adios. Like, yeah. I'll see you guys like later or whatever. Um, and. I wouldn't necessarily call myself settling in Georgia, in like in Georgia. Like I wouldn't. Well, no, you said you did want to. Uh, you said you wanted to leave. I was saying that's how, like, yeah, I, that's how I view <laughs> getting a house and staying for five years. Like, well, yeah, that, no, that's I stay for longer. Yeah, yeah, that's the, oh. yeah, that's why. Okay, well, yeah, okay, that okay, yeah, no, that's why I don't see it as settling is because like yeah, I'm doing this, this mm-hmm. but this is also an investment. This mm-hmm. is an investment for my future so that, like, after that, like, wah, 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 and I'm like, I can actually settle, and, yeah. like, the house I'll probably get will be nicer than the one I have now. Yeah, and but see, what I'm saying is, I would do that in a different state. Like, oh. I view Georgia as the nest. Okay. Because, you know, I moved around Georgia, so anywhere I kind of go in Georgia, I've already been there. And just seeing the same like i was this old this mm-hmm. is what my life was here that's mm-hmm. all i'm gonna see when i'm there so by me like it it's like yeah i basically view georgia as my nest mm-hmm. and every other state is kind of not even every just this area like mm-hmm. the collective states over here i view as the nest and by going far away mm-hmm. i kind of view it as you know True. real shit is happening like mm-hmm. you know like you're not near people you know at all exactly and it's i'm actually in real life and it's like you know i'm here but it it just like it, every time i'm i don't know it i mean that makes sense because like you it's like you are a hundred percent like deep like independent on yourself like there is no way to go back there is no way to like like without it being days you know exactly so like when i moved in with y'all and i was told you know i was told i can come back if i had to i don't want that i don't want to have that option because Mm -hmm. then i actually have to deal with things i would actually have to deal with things and i'm already at the point now because i'm not there i'm by Mm -hmm. myself so Mm -hmm. it's like i i'm already just dealing with stuff but Mm -hmm. it's it's different when it take it's it's like more than a it's like a twenty something hour drive 
to go and visit somebody. By that time, uh, I would have already deal, dealt with everything. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's almost like a waste of time to go deal with it when you can just deal with it yourself. Yeah, and I have to teach myself to deal with stuff mm-hmm. by myself. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. that That's one thing that um, I actually learned a lot when I was younger just from my situation and, like, how to deal with stuff. But when I moved in, it was, like, it was, like, my whole life was, like, taken out of my hands. It was weird because I felt like, um, like, I was not, like, I was, like, I was always dependent on them, but I was dependent on her. Like, it was, it was different. It was different. Like, um, it was just, it was just completely different. It was more so, like, it felt almost as if they're, like, I felt like I needed to thank her. Like, do everything I could to, um, please her for what she did. And it's, like... You know, I was young. Like, I was 15. Mm-hmm. Like, I was still a teenager. Let and... Would... I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one, would you say that that's a bad thing? And two, do you think that that was intentional? Um, I feel like it depends. Because, honestly, um, financially-wise, it was nice. Like, yeah, of course, like, I wouldn't have to worry about that. Um, but... It also at the same time it was like you're going into an unknown area you're unfamiliar with everything and it's not exactly super friendly or like it's not exactly like it's not exactly like the greatest situation um and you know you yourself already have flaws and then you're meeting new people with new flaws and y'all's are like clashing and it's like it's not it's not a pretty scenario it's not yeah and um yeah some people do yeah some people would deal with uh, a situation like that differently two examples and you already know i you know like i kept saying how i how i've been saying for a while you know i have to work on my stuff that is you know i'm trying to be better like i can either a stay where i am right now and not work or b stay where I am and actually work and I'm at B and it's like that's Mm -hmm. why it looks like nothing is happening but when I'm sitting here just thinking I'm like I'm thinking all my actions I'm trying to work through Mm -hmm. what is happening that's where my head that's where my head always is and why I'm just so fucking confused because that's you know when people talk to me I'm like yeah like I forget what's going on (laughs) it is funny as hell but it, it it's like yeah, so when it comes to that, it's like, all right, I don't think I'm ready to deal with that many at one time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. And it's like with you, you know, you you were able to. But it's like... Yeah, it. I feel like um, it... Dealing... I, I still feel like there is an... I have an underlined like traumatic response that I am very unaware of that I probably do because of um 
my situation that like the situations that I went through like it's still like I deal with things but I'm like the way that I deal with it I still feel like it's unhealthy to a certain degree because it's it seeps one way into my life so if it's not seeping in this hole like another hole is unplugged and it's like draining out the back or something like that it affects a part of my life that I mean like most people won't see it because it's like it's a it's like a personal thing it's almost like um, I don't know how to exactly put it other than like need, knowing I need to take care of myself but um, being so like anxiety induced and um, like depressed all at one time it like it prevents me from like doing that if that makes any sense like mm. because I'm not because I'm using all of my energy to appear like normal like now a part of my life has suffered because um, I deal with it alone like I deal with it by myself I unpackage it alone and when I do that like when I'm alone is the time that I usually try like I take care of myself like my self-care time because um, I have alone time each day and when I don't do that like I know I'm like I know I'm stressed I know I'm depressed I know like I know something's wrong but I'm not explaining I'm not telling somebody mm -hmm. and that like I know that's unhealthy because I'm letting it affect my life so negatively because I can't share it with other people well why can't you share it with other people um it's like I've gotten better about it I don't So I've like I've developed some coping mechanisms, um, which my coping mechanisms are so much better than they used to be. <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, had, you know, like the I would say like the runs and the trials, like you, like it's I would say like it's dangerous to like. Okay, specifically for me, it was dangerous for me to try to develop my own coping mechanisms alone at first being a young child because I wasn't properly, I didn't, I didn't know a lot and um, at the time I wanted something that I thought would work and then it developed into a point where like it was hard for me to stop it. It was almost like I just, that was my coping mechanism, that's the first thing I went to, that's the first thing I wanted to do. And, um, and they were like, it was a bad coping mechanism, you know, it wasn't anything like healthy, like going out for a run or like punching a pillow or like going to draw or like do something like, no, it was like self-destructive. So like, obviously like it was always an issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I, if you want to, you don't have to, can you elaborate on that? Um, I would, so basically it, you know, like self-harm basically okay. like, yeah. Um, it was bad, and, um, I knew that it was bad, but with any, like, I feel like it would carry, like, an addiction to, like, a coping mechanism, because it, it, for me, it worked fast, and it, you know, it, even though it lasted, like, maybe a couple minutes, I still, um, you know, I still did it, like, it still... It still helped and especially saying that I couldn't get any outside help I had like I to myself was like I have to help myself then mm -hmm. you know 
But now, like, you know, music especially... Oh, my gosh. Like, even when I was a child, music was, like, one of my coping mechanisms. I didn't realize it was until, like, I grew up, obviously. Yeah. And, um, and realizing that, like, music was my safe place. Like, I could always go listen to a song and scream out my feelings and just feel at peace and, like, just feel like I'm by myself and not in that situation anymore. It was always, like, a reset for me. Help me, like, kind of reset. That's good. That's good. And I do think music is one of the healthiest coping mechanisms. Oh, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, I was always into music, but <laughs> it's funny because I've always had a music taste, but I've really have started establishing a really defined music taste, and I find that it's... there. <laughs> There's this one song, it's on this album called um, The Girl in Red. Mm -hmm. The name is uh, Serotonin. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, sometimes I get intrusive thoughts like cutting my hair off or cutting my hands off mm -hmm. and hurting the people I love. And it's a really good song because she talks about the intrusive thoughts and mm -hmm. she she speaks on what is She's like, every time I get control, I lose it. Like it's, you know, it really it's a good song to listen to especially mm -hmm. when you're in one of those moods where you feel like you are losing control mm -hmm. and it's like hearing this person who's like yeah they're losing yeah they're yeah. obviously losing control it kind of makes you feel like okay so i'm not the only one who's like who loses control like this right and then it's like okay so that's the first step like someone else gets it so then it's like mm -hmm. breathe through it now whatever it is you're going through i get it's like i decide to work through it right then mm -hmm. um sometimes i just stuff it down depending on what it is not that it's good but like you know we've done it yep. and that's a bad coping mechanism yes, that's right a there. Bad, yeah that's a bad one don't shove it down right <sighs> it, man uh. it's like, uh. <laughs> but yeah it's i think yeah i think music is very good now talking about it that's a different thing like do people is that a coping mechanism talking about it what talking about your experience like that's your experience i mean well yeah but like <laughs> like i mean yeah that's a that's a i i uh, i i you know what i don't know because now thinking about it i mean i feel like a coping mechanism is something that helps you cope with the situation so if talking to somebody helps you cope with the situation that's your coping mechanism you talk to somebody you trust so yeah i will say perfect 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 uh that's where i was getting at there's mm -hmm. a time and a place yup yup someone you trust and yup that is key right there because you can't just be telling everybody your situation because mm -hmm. some people really be out here like using that against you like yeah yep. like and then you already see so with me and trust issues sometimes so when i sometimes i just don't care and i'm like yep yeah, whatever here here's a can of beans i don't give a damn <laughs> and then sometimes i'm like mm, here's a can of lima beans but baked beans are what i'm eating like yeah yeah it's like a protection like barrier like yeah or like a i wouldn't Okay it, okay, it almost sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like mm -hmm. a facade up yeah. so that they don't actually know what's really like, I'm really eating baked beans, but you think that, um, you know, I was eating lima beans because I gave you that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a bad coping mechanism, but it's it's the one I've, uh, I, I guess you could say chosen. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, I feel like um, 
most people in their life have like come to at least one bad coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. At least one. And even if those people don't know they have at least one bad coping mechanism, if it is detrimental to your life, to your health, to the people around you, it's probably not a great coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's like, so you know, I'm always like, yep. Yeah. Before I started, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. we get therapy, get it right. I already knew it wasn't a good coping mechanism, but I'm like, yeah, like. I mean, you don't. Also, yeah, there's also that. Like, if it's like you don't know any other coping mechanism, it's like, what, like, what do you kind of expect that person to do? Especially if they, you have to give somebody the tools to succeed, and you also have to get the tools yourself to succeed. And if you don't have those tools, chances are you're probably not going to succeed because you use those things to help you on your day-to-day basis like per se like a car like you need a car to get to work in atlanta especially if you live in like woodstock you know like Mm -hmm. you need a car you like or you need to go get an uber like those are the tools to success so it's the same thing like if you don't know how to handle your emotions if you don't know how you're feeling about yourself put it like this Mm -hmm. You can know how to drive, mm-hmm. but don't have a car. Ex- right? There it is. And on top of that, you can know you need a car, uh-huh. but don't know how to drive. It's, you know, you can know what you need to do, but don't know how. And that's you, my thing. Mm-hmm. I know what I need to do. I just don't know how. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that it, no one's going to tell you how to do it. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It's more so something that you have to, with through advice obviously and through like professional professional mm-hmm. advice i would say that yeah. sorry professional advice um you'll be able to maneuver through all of that and that's what is so important about always going outside of yourself and always just wanting to be a better person and just taking different like taking different perspectives obviously with care and caution you don't want to take like like a like a antisocial or like a psych opinion who is like yeah I don't care about people I'm like okay well that be me sometimes like, <laughs> when, when I'm too stressed mm-hmm. I'll be like I just don't care about anything like nah, nope. I mean some people really do do that though like they're like I don't care I don't care like they that's just stop another caring. bad coping mechanism so, right there mm-hmm. you don't so you don't feel it stop caring and, yeah yeah <laughs> it's not good I mean no because it doesn't it that's the problem it doesn't take away the initial issue exactly. it's still there and you're gonna have to deal with it when you come back exactly and i mean same thing with like coping mechanisms like um like being dependent on like out al- like alcoholism or like heroin crack cocaine weed like if you are dependent on it like you're gonna have to go back to that same issue like it doesn't it doesn't really get any like it gets better for that minute that second or whatever but you're gonna have to go back to it you know what's funny what so when i started smoking mm-hmm. that when i started smoking heavily mm-hmm. the very first situation um i was feeling enraged and my mom <laughs> passed me the blunt and it was with the person i was telling you about today uh-huh. so <laughs> it's funny because i did make that connection that you kind of have to go back mm-hmm. to like what kind of triggered that response to how you handle the emotions uh-huh and I got there and I'm like I got to where I where I am now mm-hmm. and <laughs> that is amazing but it's like so where I'm at now it 
it's like I understand it mm-hmm. basically why I turn to the weed mm-hmm. because while working through the situation mm-hmm. something vibrating. Um my bad. Oh uh, while I was working through the situation, mm-hmm. you know, I was high while doing it and I got to a conclusion. So then that caused me to do that with every other situation because I hadn't maturely learned, properly learned Mm -hmm. how to maturely handle a situation, a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. So I turned to the ganja. Mm -hmm. And now when I would take my little breaks, I'd be crazy because I didn't know how to handle a stressful situation. And oh, wow. Right. That I could see. Yeah, that's that I ain't gonna lie. Like, yeah, like when, um, when you, yeah, you're running, like, I would just literally leave my house all the time and never come home, but when I did come home, I would still have to face the music, like, I literally couldn't, like, no matter how hard I tried to get away from that house, like, I just had to go back, like, because I, I knew there were issues at home, like, I knew I, I knew I had probably messed up and I was, like, afraid to go home because I knew I was going to get screamed at and grounded and, like, I knew we were going to get in a fight, so, like, I would just try to stay away and it's, like, you can't, it's, like... Mm-hmm. And, and at some point it catches up at some point it happens and that's why I try to you know always handle my emotions as fast as I can sometimes I'm not gonna lie I still do shove it down sometimes I, I, I can't say I don't because I do but I at least some way and more a little bit better at like at least being like okay this is how I'm feeling like let's get this let's get this all situated before I um, shove it down or like like can we just we speak like you know and and once I get a better understanding of things it also it just helps just in general because like now it's like I don't feel like I'm running away from it I feel like I'm getting something accomplished like obviously if people need to step away from each other and calm down like that's 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 fine like obviously you guys do need to do that but if it's a situation that you guys can talk about right then and there it's like I try not to run away from it like there's no point because yeah like at some point you guys are gonna talk about it whether it be now or later and it's gonna be the same thing um so you might as well just like try to get it out like try to explain yourself and let them explain themselves and you guys come to like somewhat of an understanding of how each other at least felt you know that's the thing when it comes so when you get so used to using one coping mechanism Mm -hmm. you won't be able to not use it until you learn how not to use it yeah and the thing is it's like by the time you learn how to use that coping mechanism Mm -hmm. you might not even care anymore so then it's like oh that's true yeah. I can say that it, I kind of got out of like that certain coping mechanism when I was like still a teenager um, you know and I also did have quite a I had therapist um, or like the school would provide me with a therapist it was kind of weird um, I don't really know how to explain it but um, like yeah they did and like you know they were they were pretty good people they were good influences on my life and um they always did have an impact but like yeah like what like 
you're just like it's not even it's like second nature it's like unconsciously competent i heard someone say and basically that just means that like it's second nature it's the back of your hand like you do and you don't even think about it mm-hmm. like you're so trained on it and you're so like I, I hate to say it but good at it that like you just you already know like it's you know what it is like <laughs> you know and so when you know something so well and you have to break out of it after you know you use it so many times after a situation um it's gonna be difficult it's gonna be difficult it's going to be difficult it's going to be it was so hard breaking out of it because like I felt like I needed to hide shit away from myself so that I wouldn't break like I so said I wouldn't break it was crazy and um even then like um I almost relapsed at one point which I didn't which I'm grateful I didn't but like it was crazy how I felt that same way I was like why am I why is it still there yeah. like holy shit holy snitsbits like sorry <laughs> <laughs> like snitsbits like what like I feel like um I feel like sometimes we we get over our bad coping mechanisms um, but it doesn't mean that, like, maybe the urge is completely gone. What do you mean by urge? Like, the urge to do that coping mechanism when something goes wrong. Like, that, like that was your that was your go-to, and now that you have a different go-to, it's like, you got used to this go-to, but it's still, like, you still remember that last go-to, and, like, I don't have, I don't have the urges anymore, but, like, when, when I was, like, breaking out of it, and, like, I was, like, kind of far away from it, it was, like, that urge of, like yeah but you can do this so much faster like blah 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 it was like almost myself convincing myself it was weird like obviously I didn't listen to it but it was like it was like whoa like I like I know that like I could scarily convince myself of doing something like like that's not good for me uh oof so you know how you you know how you always know what's good for you? Or, not always, but... Yeah, like you mainly know what's... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... Unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, some things that are that I know to be good for me, mm-hmm. people wouldn't agree. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, sure, but I can already tell you. Like, and I'll... I, I, you know that's one thing I'll be okay with if I'm mm-hmm. wrong on. But it's like, should a therapist gonna, is gonna tell me the same thing? Like, yeah, that is good for you. Like, it's that's yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, well, it depends on what you mean by like people wouldn't like it. Because like I could say that um, like per like so for reference, people don't like when I'm upset and I need to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like, people think that, like, that's not a good idea for me to do that, but I know what I need. I feel like I just need to be alone. Yeah. Um. So do you mean, like, stuff like that, or is it more so, like, is it... Are they saying it because they're worried about your health? Like, is it, like, hurting you, or are they doing it because they just don't feel like that's normal and it's not something they've seen? The latter. Okay, then, but see, that's, that's a little different because... If the coping mechanism works for you, it's not damaging, then 
it's probably more than likely a good coping mechanism. I can't really think. Now, I mean, the thing is, if if it damages the people around, mm-hmm. like I already know, what we talked about earlier. Uh-huh. I already know that that one is damaging. We uh-huh. talked about why. Um, but the isolation part. Uh-huh. I need to be told why. Like, I don't think isolation is. Um, I mean, because you already know. I so if I need to be alone, I need to be alone. So like. I don't feel like that's bad. If someone needs to be by them, like, I completely understand someone needs, like, space and stuff like that. That's why, like, you know, I don't mind if someone doesn't want to talk to me or stuff like that. I understand you need space. Like, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push you. I don't want to push you because obviously you're in a different stage. You're in a different state right now. You're not in your same state. You're not as you would be so you know what your reactions could be or how you're feeling and stuff like that it's gonna be very different right now so i'm gonna give you what you think you need to be able to like calm down and like accurately tell me what's going on if you need to talk to me you know i got you so i don't think isolation is a bad coping mechanism it just gives you time to talk <laughs> is that okay no no okay, no, no good. <laughs> okay i was gonna say i could not right could not see like gave me a small little heart attack about mm-hmm. my yeah um i get what you're saying and it's like it does boil down to patience as well mm, that's true yeah because it's like you're you're patient enough to understand that and I can understand how somebody might be like, what? You're aware of something, but you can't talk about it? Like, I, Yeah, they don't have any patience for it. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, that, yeah, it's like both sides, understandable. Both are um, probable. Like, it's you like, oh, someone could be patient or they could not be patient. Like, And, you know me, I'm not patient at all. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh-uh. Not at all. But, um... It's all complex. Always going to be complex. Our minds are complex. The world is complex, and nothing is usually how it seems half the time when it comes to um, the unknown. Oh yeah. Mhm. Cause we don't know. We will never know. Do 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 do. Man. Um. All right. Yeah. Okay. We can end it there. All right. You uh yeah. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Have a nice lovely evening or whenever. Bye. <laughs>